You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. Today, I'm bringing you a patchwork mini-episode. I'm in the middle of working on a play, which I spoke to director Philip Gates about in episode 14. We have our first preview performance tonight, and it's, we've been deep in tech rehearsals all week, so I didn't have time to do a full episode. But in this mini edition, uh, you'll first you'll hear an article about different ways art can improve communities, which I've been wanting to share for a while. Then as a companion piece uh, to my interview with Philip last week, and as we go into performances tonight... Adam Scott Mazer, the playwright of The Tower, um, and I found a moment at the theater yesterday, and he read my tarot cards. Tarot cards are very important to the structure of his play. Each chapter of the story is titled after one of the cards and its attributes. I don't seek these kinds of things out very often. Adam is the only one who has ever read my tarot cards, but I find it really thought-provoking and... Um, general enough that you can find some way it relates to your life or fears or feelings at that moment. It just makes you think deeper about what they might mean. Uh, I also asked him just a few brief questions about what it's been like to see his play come to life in uh, the different stages over the past two years of this process. And we recorded it all on my handy iPhone since I didn't bring my audio equipment with me, so we'll see what that's like. Feel free to skip forward to Adam's section if the article isn't of interest to you today. I'll be back next week with another full episode, but I hope you enjoy this mini edition of The Compass. So this is an article I read in The Guardian um, a while ago. I believe it was published in February. It's entitled Six Creative Ways Artists Can Improve Communities by Laura Zabel. From income inequality and unemployment to poverty, education, and health care, communities around the world are facing critical challenges that require creative ideas and solutions. Any of these challenges could use an artist's mind, a creative question, or a critical thinker to help us find our way to a more healthy and just future. Artists can illuminate truth, offer transcendent experience in a far too literal world, challenge us to feel and connect us to our common humanity. The good news is that almost every community already has artists. Often, though, this readily available resource is untapped and underdeveloped. 
Communities need better tools to help them find and collaborate with artists, while artists need not just an invitation, but a charge to engage with their communities. In cities around the globe, there is an exciting movement afoot to share ideas and models that help connect artists more deeply with their communities. From Santiago, Chile to St. Paul, Minnesota, local citizens are partnering with artists to address challenges and make positive change. This movement isn't about positioning artists as special outsiders who parachute in with easy fixes, but as neighbors who are one part of a whole set of things a community can do to be healthy. Nor is this movement about artists volunteering their skills or being asked to contribute their skills for exposure. Rather, it's about artists who are justly compensated for their work and skills. Of course, not all examples in this movement play it this way, but that's what they should strive for, a point where all participants are valued for their unique contributions. Here are some projects that demonstrate the potential of artists to help create vital and just communities. Community-supported art, U.S. and Canada. How do you build a direct connection between artists and community members that is simple, fun, and organic? You look to a model that's working in an adjacent field, Modeled on community-supported agriculture, in which people buy seasonal produce directly from local farmers, community-supported art commissions artists to create original work, which is then sold as shares to interested collectors. Artists and buyers come together for pickup parties, creating a direct connection between community members and artists that lasts well beyond the scope of the project. Community-supported art programs now exist in 40 neighborhoods in the U.S. and beyond. Neighborhood Postcard Project U.S. Chile. When artist Hunter Franks was working with youth in the Bayview neighborhood of San Francisco, California in 2013, he asked what they wanted to improve about their neighborhood. They told him that they wanted to change... They told him what they wanted to change most was people's impressions of Bayview, an area that was mostly in the news for the wrong reasons. The Neighborhood Postcard Project was born. Now in cities from Santiago to Detroit, stories from residents in underinvested communities are collected on postcards and sent to random people in the same city to break down stereotypes and build new community connection. Gap Filler, New Zealand. After the initial recovery period following a natural or man-made disaster, communities face unforeseen challenges such as vacant spaces, low community morale, and negative perceptions. Following the September 2010 earthquake in Christchurch, New Zealand, the Gap Filler Project collaborated with creative stakeholders across the city to make and place temporary projects that bring people together and experiment with space. Highlights included a coin-operated public dance floor, a community pizza oven, and the Commons, a new public gathering area. The organization's commitment to community engagement is shaping the future of the city. The Laundromat Project, U.S. Go to where the people are is a phrase that should always be step one in community engagement strategies. In order to amplify the creative power of artists, the Laundromat Project in New York has made this their core principle. Based in Harlem, the project supports artists to create new, community-engaged work based in laundromats, a place where people are going to be and have the time to collaborate. Projects have included renaming streets based on personal and social history, transforming laundromats into yoga studios or English classrooms, and creating community mixtapes. This approach opens communities to new ideas of what it means to be an artist and builds power through creative expression. Theater of the Oppressed, Brazil, India, and more. This is one that many of us learned about in theater history. Drawing on the work of Brazilian director and politician, 
Augusto Boal. Theater of the Oppressed is a model that brings together marginalized individuals with professional actors to create plays based on their real-life experience. The process engages the audience to solve the underlying problems through activism, advocacy, legislation, policy change, and more. In Bangalore, India, theater performances are used to address issues ranging from government corruption and police harassment to how to improve communications between doctors and patients. Irrigate, U.S. A major three-year light rail construction project through the heart of St. Paul, Minnesota, could have been a major hardship for city residents and small businesses along the route. Irrigate, however, mobilized the skills and power of more than 600 local artists to offset the impact of the construction with more than 150 place-making art projects, turning disrupted neighborhoods into destinations. These projects included murals, performances in restaurants and parking lots, plus giant puppets that acted as business signage. These projects created a positive counter-narrative of joy, surprise, and commitment to the communities in the construction zone. These projects demonstrate our responsibility as artists and as citizens to look for the open doors where change is possible. There is an urgent need for us to step up and to build the bridges between disparate groups that are necessary for communities and cultures to move forward. To do this, artists need access to skills, resources, and systems of investment and engagement. If we can create these mechanisms, they will reward us by changing our neighborhoods and cities in a way both practical and transformational. Laura Zabel is Executive Director of Springboard for the Arts, which operates Creative Exchange, a platform for sharing free toolkits and resources for artists and communities. Okay, so that just made me, that article just made me think of a lot of things, and there's been so much terrible news in our society the last couple weeks. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just interested in finding ways that we can really help locally in our communities. So Adam, why did you, uh, why did you name this play The Tower? Uh, why did I name this play The Tower? Well, I mean, The Tower is the essence of chaos, collapse, and destruction. It's about, uh, it's, a lot of people think of it as sort of the worst card in the deck. Uh, it's, it's like catastrophe. Uh, and, you know, writing a play about, about the Donner Party, catastrophe is certainly a good, a good word for <laughs> Did that. Did you always have the tarot card motif in this script? Yeah, actually. Even before it was a script, I, I actually learned to read tarot in order to write this play, oh, um, was the original desire behind that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because uh, I have had this idea for a long time, and I knew it had something to do with the tarot. Um, and then when I, when I, yeah, like I, I, I learned uh, the cards through reading, and I sort of just expected to enjoy them as kind of like a metaphorical system that I could put into into writing. Um, but I found I just really enjoyed the reading part of it a lot uh, on its own, and so like kind of tried to keep up with that as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you haven't read my cards in a year since we did this show the last time, so I'm, oh I'm curious. I'm curious to see what happens, and also this way we'll kind of get to talk through the meaning of the different cards. Right. True. Which, if you come to see the tower, you'll see is like the name of all the different chapters in the story as well. All right. So where do we start? You take these cards, mm -hmm. shuffle and or cut them in whatever way feels right to you, and as you do so, think about what you want to know. Think about your life, 
Think about where you are, think about where you've been, where you're going. Think about any questions you might have. Take your time. Put your energy into the cards. And when you're finished, whatever that may be, hand them back to me. first one is your base level. Where do you stand at the moment? Mm -hmm. Who are you at the moment? Whoa! You are death oh, in no. reverse. In reverse, though. Okay. You're not just death. So what does that um, mean? Well, so, okay, so this is a good, a good primer for the show, too. So death, uh, the card death is not about physical death, right? It's not, uh, it can be, but almost never is it about sort of uh, actual dying. It's about change. It's about letting go of the old, saying goodbye to the things that aren't working, and kind of embracing the unknown. Um, in reverse, suggests that maybe at your base level, you change changes is not coming as quickly as maybe you hoped it would or expected it to. Mm. You're maybe, or maybe you're resisting the change that wants to come is, mm. is the other side of this. A reverse card means that energy is suppressed or, or moved away from in some way. And so death in reverse implies that you are in a, in a position of sort of, of like the energy of change without the actual, without the actuality of change itself. Okay. All right. <laughs> At the same time, it's crossed with the Emperor. Wow. Strange. Oh, <laughs> you've got a lot of big, you've got a lot of big energies I, at your base yeah, level here. Yeah, that all makes sense to me. Um, and uh, the Emperor is, uh, he's the, the essence of, of masculine power, you know? He hmm. rules in, in the very classical sense of it. Uh, and it, as a cross uh, or a drive card, it sort of is what you're drawn towards or powered by, which is really interesting mm. and kind of hard to read for you. Because I, I mean, not to say that you're not the emperor; you could be. <laughs> but uh, the emperor, he's you know, he's 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 power, power incarnate, and like the very sort of male power, very like direct, very sort of like uh, like putting his foot down quite literally in the in the picture mm -hmm. um, and uh, so you are you are drawn driven either by or towards this person huh. I think towards the emperor and maybe the emperor is someone in your life um, or maybe it's more something that you're looking for or maybe it's an energy in you as well um, interesting yeah that one's not as very clear, clear interesting. to me but very interesting, interesting. okay um Think about, you know, think about, it doesn't have to be like a male figure, but someone with a very sort of strong masculine energy. Think about those people in your life, and think about that energy in yourself, and I think, yeah, and ask yourself what, you know, to what extent is this, are those people what, what you're driven towards or, or pushed by, um, or to what extent are you, are you looking to be the emperor yourself, maybe? Hmm. Your recent past. Okay. 
The Queen of Sticks. Yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> um, cool. No, uh, the Queen of Sticks. Uh, sticks in this in this deck is wands. Wands are the fire suit. They're about creativity. Uh, they're about uh, like spark. They're about energy. Um, and the Queen of Wands, she is, uh, yeah, she's the Queen of Fire, essentially. She's very creative. She's sort of, like, all out there. She's very uninhibited in a lot of decks, and kind of in this one, actually. She's sort of the sex goddess as well. Yeah, that uh, picture is. Yeah, she's, you can see she's got her, like, her, like, staff right there, and she's, like, totally wide open with this cat on her leg, and mm-hmm. it's like, she's, like, planting her staff, you know? She's very confident. She's very in control of her energy and her sexuality and it seems like in your recent past you mm. you you like really you really had the mojo working um, <laughs> and you were yeah you were you were the queen of it definitely okay. um, so that's kind of fun yeah your conscious thoughts what are you thinking about what's on your what's on your mind the lovers in reverse man you get a lot of it's kind of interesting huh <laughs> all these Masculine big energies energy, yeah well yeah, but you've got, she's super, I mean, she's not, she's super feminine, but in a very sort of like, uh, yeah, and like a, in like a very ballsy, like all out there sort of way. She's not like the shrinking violet, you know? And the lovers, uh, your conscious thoughts in reverse, suggests that uh, the, the lovers is sort of the es- essence of passion. Mm-hmm. And especially passion made real, you know. It is. It is. It, it has a lot to do with sex. It has a lot to do with like uh, with with sort of like the mixing of energies and that like the the spark that comes from it. The lovers is interesting though because it is. It was taught to me as uh, sort of inherently finite, right? There are yeah. other cards or another card rather in the deck that has to do with love, like the energy of love. But the lovers it, are people, you know, like right. and. And people inherently end, right? Relationships end, whatever else. Might not exactly, last and you, that is very much on your mind. In reverse, so yeah, suggests reverse? a movement away from or a suppression of passion. Mm. You're, you're thinking that uh, that maybe passion uh, passion has maybe been a little bit hard to come by recently, or maybe you just um, you know maybe you, you, you're thinking that it's uh, that you're. You're suppressing that energy, possibly, <laughs> which would make a little bit of sense if Queen of Sticks was your recent past. Interesting. You you're thinking like you, you had you had the mojo working so hard yeah, in the, the recent mojo past, back. and now you're like, where'd the mojo go? Is kind of the conscious thoughts version of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your near future. The Three of Cups. Yeah, man, you have like the, like yeah, this is a great reading. Uh, <laughs> the party is in your future. The Three of Cups is Please. the essence of partying hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is letting yourself go. And it's also about, like, feeling good with other people, you know? Just kind of like... It, it, it is very much... Celebration? Yeah! Celebration is a great, a great word for, for Three of Cups. Um, yeah, it seems... Uh, you know, and it's it, it can be different versions of celebration, right? So, like, in this deck, I really like it because these people are just so carefree and all mm-hmm. out there uh, with their, like, uh, their little champagne flutes and whatnot. Dancing. Yeah, and so I think I think it's, like, uh, the time to let yourself go and and, and f- spread your, your cup's energies on its <laughs> way. It's a sort of, yeah, be unencumbered, maybe in the way that you were in the past okay. and kind of want to be. I like that one. You're unconscious. What's on your mind that you don't know is on your mind. 
the high priestess in reverse. Ah, interesting. The high priestess, she, man, you have so many major arcana cards. You've got, yeah, lots of big energies. Uh, the high priestess, she's about, um, sort of, uh, she's a figure of great power, but her power is, is sort of as far from the emperor's as power can be. The emperor is the ruler, right? He's, like, making the rules. He's, he's making sure his orders are enacted. She, the high priestess, is a figure of power, but it's a sort of aloof power. It's a, she's kind of, like, up in her tower with her books, and her power comes from being kind of, like, revered by people, but also a little bit, like, uh, removed from people, not really part of the, of the, of the crowd, essentially, mm. not part of, like, the masses. In reverse, in your unconscious, there's kind of two ways to see this, right? Your unconscious might be feeling... Well, you're, yeah, your unconscious is feeling cut off from the high priestess. And, and that can be either a good thing or a bad thing, right? Mm. It could be your unconscious saying, like, I don't want this anymore. Like, I don't want to be so alone. I don't want to be solitary. I don't want to be apart from the group. I want to be firmly and completely in the group, you know? It could also be like... It, the high priestess is there, but just not being fully accessed, you know? So maybe there is some desire to spend a little more time alone in your room with your books, too. Mm -hmm. Those two actually, I think, can work together in some ways. Um, but either way, I think there's... Uh, yeah, there's like... Uh, you're, this line is all reversed. It's kind of interesting, yeah. right? You've got, you've got not quite the high priestess in your unconscious, not quite death as the, as the card of the moment, and not quite the lovers as yeah. what you're thinking about, right? So, like, everything is just not quite coming through in, like a, in a sort of... It's kind of like a repressive vibe to mm -hmm. this. Yeah, this absolutely, reading. yeah. I mean, I think people ask me, like, well, if I get all reversed cards, what does that mean? And it sort of means, I think, that your energy is a bit, like, twisted back on itself. It's not like, it's not like death fully embodied, you know? It's not just like a thing that comes out of you and goes in a direction. It's more like, um, yeah, that like these, these things keep hitting corners and like coming back. Um, hmm. But it's interesting too because all of this is in contrast to your recent past and your near future, mm -hmm. right? Your recent past, upright, queen of sticks, very clear, right? There's nothing, yeah. no, like, there's no ambiguity to that one. And your near future, the Three of Cups, upright, the party, like, it's coming. So, whatever it is right now may actually have to do with this, have to do with the drive, have to do with sort of the... That um, Emperor card. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. the, the cross over death because there, there's two ways to read this card I usually read it as a drive but it can also be a cross it can also be the thing that presents conflict actually or the thing that is, is sort of the, the in the opposition, card that's in, that's in opposition to, to the base level yeah and so with the emperor in opposition to death it might mean that a sort of powerful male figure is keeping you down keeping <laughs> you from changing it to the fullest oh. extent that you want to be uh, or that you think you could be all right, that that brings up some some things in my mind which I will not talk about. <laughs> it's funny doing this for a podcast because I feel like I know. you know you can, how, how deep do you want to go here? You know, um, your fears. What are you afraid of? The devil. Yeah. Oh man, you so many big energies. Totally, the devil. The devil is the is stagnation through comfort. 
<laughs> in this in this card in this deck, it is literally a guy sucking his own I was dick. Let's um, <laughs> sweaty. And like that is exactly what he's doing. Oh and that God. is the essence of the devil. It's like when everything is great <laughs> and you have all these comforts and things feel good, but you're totally stagnant. You're you're like trapped. You're chained. You know. Okay. And you might you might. You you are afraid of that actually I think you're you, this is your fear right you're yeah. afraid of of being trapped by too much comfort mm -hmm. it would seem others perceive you as how do okay. others see the ace of coins interesting others perceive you as someone sort of on the path towards a perfect physical life huh. having nice things being very comfortable being very grounded. Coins are the are the earth suit. They're about the physical world, you know. They're about money. They're about work. They're about um, about things uh, things you can touch, places where you live, you know. People perceive you as kind of like being on the path. And the aces, right, are about are about potential for about uh, uh, going towards the sort of essence of coins. So people mm. perceive you as like having that spark, that like drive towards the essence of comfort, which is quite interesting considering that, that what you're deal. afraid of is that comfort will make you stagnant. So I think it's, it is very interesting because now we, in this, in this side of the reading, these last few cards, we have a sort of different story because I feel like this one is very much concerned with your emotional life and maybe your artistic life a little as well, right? We've got this, this three of cups, we've got this queen of sticks, and we've got these lovers. There's all, you've got a lot of like, uh, a lot of like passion type cards, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, what are you passionate about? And then you've got this emperor who is very like, <laughs> definitely not. Well, um, you said, what did you call them? I, I... Iconic mm. cards, or what? Do you Major, call them? Arcana? Major, oh, Major Arcana. Major Arcana okay. would be uh, like, all like this. There's a lot of people. Row. It's a lot well, of like. So there's three the there's, figures. Right. There's four suits. Um, so you have two suits here. You have wands and uh, cups. And then you have all Major Arcana, and Major Arcana are the story cards, right? Okay. So the High Priestess, the Emperor of Death, yeah. and the Lovers, they don't have numbers. Well, they do have numbers in the Major Arcana story, but it's not like they're the Three of Wands or right, something. Right, right, that's three what I mean. Cups. Like, there's so yeah. many of those on that side. Yeah, you have a lot of them, quite a lot of them. Okay. Big energies, like, really sort of elemental and, like, uh, really, like, cosmic. Hmm. Um, but in reverse, suggesting you are almost cosmic. <laughs> <laughs> What do you hope for? Okay. The hermit. Yeah, you hope to spend some time alone, actually. Um, I guess that happens when you're pulling, like, ten-hour days well, in tech with everybody <laughs> all the time. Well, that's interesting in contrast with the high priestess. Right, 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 right. Interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, and I think that I do love lends... spending time alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, but also, the hermit is not just about being alone. The hermit always has this light, and he has it in this deck as well. He's got his light, and he's he's out there on the path in front of everyone else, shining his light so others can see. Oh. Um, hmm. And so his solitude is not just like, I hate everybody, I'm going away. His solitude is a little bit like, it's a little, it's, it's with a purpose, purposeful solitude. And so I think, yeah, it seems hmm. like you, you hope to have a little bit more time to yourself where you can really, where you can really put your energy towards kind of getting ahead in certain ways and finding the path for yourself and then, you know, being able to shine that light for others. Yeah. Um, 
So what do we do about it? There's a lot going on here, right? Yeah, this is a, this is a good reading. It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, thank you. It's pretty general, I think, as well. It, like in that it it covers a lot of different elements of your life. I think it's, I I don't see like one significant story here. Uh, there is something here definitely about about sort of your mojo and your ability to like let go with mm-hmm. other people I think uh, in the three of cups and the queen of sticks and then uh, this this sort of like like big cosmic energies that are blocked in seemingly by by the emperor in some ways um, and uh, but then on the other side there's also a lot of uh, sort of ambivalence I would say about physical comfort you know how how much do you want to have those things or things in general in your life will they make you stagnant boring you know will or will they or will they put you on a path which is what other people see you as being on you know towards uh towards real groundedness i think um and uh, yeah so what is that last the last card we haven't flipped yet Advice. This Signifies. is the advice. Okay. What, what do you do, what about, you do it? about everything else? Yeah. Okay. The King of Coins in reverse. Mm. Okay. In reverse, of course. <laughs> ah, this, this makes sense. It answers one of your questions. Okay. Maybe it answers two of them, actually. Hmm. Uh, the King of Coins, he's sort of like the grandfather. He's rich, you know? He's the King of Coins. Right, he's like he's he's made all of his money. He's totally like, it's like money is no object to him, you know. But he's also like a very kind of grounded and like settled, maybe a little bit traditional, you know. He's uh yeah, he can be generous as well, you know. Um, uh, very earthy. Um, in reverse, as an advice card, suggests that you should not be. Or should resist the influence of the King of Coins. Hmm. So if the King of Coins is you, don't be the King of Coins so much. Don't don't worry about having all the money. You know, being totally grounded. Don't worry about like being utterly settled in your physical life. If the King of Coins is someone else, resist that person's influence. The answer doesn't lie in allowing someone else to sort of be the king of your physical life and, uh, and, and like, provide for you in the way that the king of coins kind of wants to. Huh. Um, and again, there's, there's some, some, uh, some links here back to the emperor, right? So the king of coins could be one facet of emperorship, right? Mm-hmm. Financial, physical emperorship is the king of coins. Um, and then there's links back to the devil, you, you are, it kind of is saying, like, you are right to fear this, actually. Yeah. That, like, your fear is correct. Huh. That it, allowing yourself to sort of uh, uh, just kind of, uh, yeah, to, to be provided for by the King of Coins is, uh, may indeed make you stagnant as opposed to being on the path that people see you as being on. Hmm. Adam, thank you so much. This is gives welcome. me so much to you think can, about. You can have one more card if you want. Uh, you, what would, what be, would that card be? Well, it's a clarifying card on the advice. But here's the thing. Only, uh, only oh. if you want it, and only if it feels in some way unclear or incomplete. And, and I don't only, know. You, only you can know. 
So, like, do you understand the advice? Are, you know, do you understand how you could do that? To a certain extent, maybe. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Then let's do it. So, <laughs> so here's the thing, because I, I think it's most useful in this scenario, actually, where your advice is a card in reverse. Right. So the advice is saying something like, don't be that guy, or right. resist the influence of that guy. But it's not telling you, like, what should you do? So let's put a drive on the advice. What what should okay. power that? We'll do that the one ability. last card, and then we have to go back to tech. I know, right? <laughs> Endless tech. Uh, the Seven of Blades. Yeah, these guys are very much in opposition. The Seven of Blades is the assassin, the lone wolf, working in the shadows, doing things his own way at all costs. He's a little bit sneaky. Okay. He's a little bit like, uh, he's a little bit like, I don't need the system, you know, I can, I can do it the way I want to, yeah. Um, and as, you know, and so I think if you put that advice together, it's like, resist the influence of the king of coins, and the way to do that is to, is to, you know, do things on your own terms, outside the system, not worrying about financial gain so much, just worrying about, like, what you want in the moment. And if you gotta be kind of sneaky to do it, yeah, that's the price. <laughs> um, all right, I know we have to stop this because people are going to want to come in the dressing room right, right. in a second. Um, just, I wish we had more time to talk, but just really quickly, like, yeah. what, what is it like for you to be having this play produced for the second time and see it, like, even more fully realized? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's weird. It kind of feels like the first time in some ways uh, because, I mean, because the script has changed quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the the like meat of the scenes I think has, and it it really is the first time that it it has the full technical support that mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it was always kind of the plan to do the do the three part punch like uh, like little workshop, bigger first draft workshop production. first draft <laughs> production yeah, and then real deal real space real you know real everything. Well, that's something I love about the way you wrote the script is you have these really fantastical descriptions of what happens and yeah. you write it like a, just a novel or something right. and then you're like here artists make which is what I think all playwrights should do yeah. like, give it to the other artists and see how they make that possible right. with real people in a room well yeah I mean I try I try to not write it as a play like yeah. as much as I can I try to write it as a as a world you know so I never I try to never refer to anything that is specifically stage oriented right. um and and just kind of like see these things happen in a in a very malleable space in my brain and then it's like <clears throat> and then it's like all right so you know how do you how do you rip keysburg through a hole in the space time continuum yeah. on an actual stage with an actual person well, so it's yeah. i mean these have been long days of tech but it's really amazing to see yeah, these incredible designers actually yeah. making these things happen in a really beautiful way. Yeah, it's, it's really. Gonna be great. I I can't I can't wait. I'm, <laughs> I'm super excited. I just come in all the time yeah. and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing too. Yeah. All right, thank you, Adam. Uh, thank you. This is awesome. podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.